0: Our scripture text this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew. Hector, in the children's message, already introduced this great story. The calling of Matthew as Matthew tells the story himself in his Gospel. It's chapter 9 of Matthew, 9 through 13. It's on page number 1509 in your pew Bibles if you want to turn to it there. Matthew chapter 9, 9 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what it means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's think for a minute about the possible difference between loving and liking, loving people and liking people. So I was thinking on this theme, I was remembering back, I well remember back A few years ago and a few churches ago, when my wife Bev came to me, we had uh, some neighbors across the street. Our block was full of kids and families, and this young family across the street, the young mother was particularly abrasive and obnoxious and hard to deal with. And Bev asked me, I know that I have to love her, but do I have to like her? Right? I know that I have to love her because Jesus tells me I have to, but do I have to like her? And I said, well, Bev, no, not really. We need to live life a life of love with kindness and grace, compassion, loving others, being courteous, being civil, but you don't have to necessarily be best friends with everybody. Well, that's a challenge. Even that's a challenge. You know, some people have a hard time feeling that God loves them, much less anybody else. Some people don't feel very lovable. Perhaps they have a long history of being socially antagonized and, rejected or hurt yet over and over and over again god promises and proves he loves us for God so loved the world let's say it together for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life john 316. For God demonstrated, God proved, as another translation says, God proved his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. Well, that doesn't make me feel better. God loves everybody. <laughs> what, do you have to be especially singly preferred and loved? Well, yes, bingo. God loves everybody, and everybody includes you and me. Personally, individually, God loves you. Plus, I believe that he actually likes us, sin and all. Jesus is the great demonstration, as we just read, of God's love and goodwill towards all people. Jesus showed that he cared for all people in that they sensed he not only tolerated or put up with them, but he actually liked them, enjoyed being in their company and saw their value and beauty. I love the retelling or the dramatization of Jesus for, like, the chosen. If you've ever seen those videos, Jesus is laughing and hanging out with friends. And it shows that he actually liked them, enjoyed them. Today we want to celebrate Jesus. Today is the last of four sermons in a month of Sundays, I call it, Celebrate Jesus. Next week we start our Lenten study, Unshakable Hope. But today I want to wrap up this series considering and celebrating Jesus, what makes him, or what made him and still makes him, so attractive to so many people. Jesus drew people to himself, and he's still doing so, oftentimes through us. Today, I want to consider the the theme, Jesus liked people and drew out the best in them. Jesus knew how to draw out the best in in all kinds of people, even unlikely and unlikable, quote-unquote, people. Jesus was a pro-people protagonist, you might call him. He was for us and for all people. Jesus could often and always be seen in the company of unlikely and unlikable people. In the company of of all kinds of people. For example, in this story, we have Jesus with Matthew, the tax collector. We'll call him Matt. Tax collectors were not liked. They were the most unliked, most despised, and most unlikely to be seen in the company of a holy man like Jesus. And not only tax collectors, but prostitutes, and all kinds of people were in his company. In fact, prostitutes were on a higher social status and strata and acceptance than tax collectors. That's how low these were. Tax collectors, you see, were seen as traitors and collaborators with the enemy of the Jews. By the Jews, they saw them as conspiring to be traitors. Rome's way of exacting taxes on the conquered colonies around the region, including Palestine, Israel, was the tax collectors made the collections that the Roman government agreed upon with them, plus their commission, so to speak, They were free, the tax collectors were free to decide and determine what their fair share was or unfair share, as often would be the case. In other words, these tax collectors would get rich off of their own people. Plus, they consorted and participated with Roman oppression by extortion Why in the world, you have to ask yourself, would Jesus choose Matthew to be one of his 12 key disciples and the apostles? What's up with that, Jesus? Well, Jesus is known to be a friend of sinners. Perhaps you know the song, Jesus, friend of sinners. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus was always accused of keeping bad company. You know, when you were young, your mother probably told you, don't get in with the wrong crowd. You're known by the company that you keep. It's an important lesson to learn. But in Jesus' case, he elevated the the company of the people. For example, take Mary, a sinner by all reputation, anointing Jesus' feet at the dinner party of Simon the leper. Simon mumbling and murmuring, Jesus heard. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, another tax collector, so short that he had to climb up a sycamore tree to see Jesus coming by in a parade of people. Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. He climbed up in his Lord, he wanted... All right, that's enough. Right, well, here we go, another one. And Jesus had the audacity to say, Zacchaeus, come on down, I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming over your house. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house for dinner, That was not kosher. That was not a kosher thing to hang out and dine with a sinner like that. And all the people, not just the Pharisees, but all the people saw this and began to mutter, as, it re, as we read in Luke chapter 19, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, how... Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I had cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Wow. God touched his heart, changed his life. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Nobody could have been more lost than the man they called Legion, living in the tombs, a demon-possessed man in the Gerizim region alongside the Sea of Galilee. He was unclean times three. Not only was he demon-possessed, but he was also living among the tombs with dead bodies, totally ceremonially unclean for Jews. Plus, living in a Gentile region. But Jesus touched him, cleansed him, delivered him, and welcomed him. You see, all people matter to God. Let's say it together. All people matter to God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you matter to God. You know, I realized there was quite a controversy recently. Black lives matter, and to say all people matter was offensive to some. But you know what? It's not offensive to God. All people do matter. Yes, black people, white people, blue people matter, the, the policemen and so forth. All people matter to God. In fact... In Luke, we have in chapter 15, three parables that make this very point. Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep and the good shepherd. Jesus told the parable of the lost coin and the poor widow who lost her coin. And Jesus told the story of the lost son, the prodigal son, and the loving father. And The point of all this is that lost people are exceedingly precious and valued by God. All people matter to God, even down to the last lost one. Bill Hybels, in his books and in his preaching, talk about this and make this point. Looking at this chapter, chapter 15, Lost People Matter to God, and are exceeding precious to them. And secondly, the value was shown in these parables with an all-out search, an all-out search to find that which was lost, whether it's a sheep, a coin, a son. And number three, in finding of that lost coin, lost sheep, there was a cosmic celebration, a party in heaven where all the angels in heaven rejoiced when they, was a, when there is a soul saved. There was a party in heaven when you accepted Christ. If you've accepted Christ, God threw a party because you matter to God. And Bill Hybels says, Oh, by the way, I have some books out there that I'm offering Out of my library, I'm giving my library away one book at a time or more, but there's some books on this subject, including a book by Bill Hybels called Just Walk Across the Room. Some books on sharing your faith, how to do that out there, my love gift to you. Check them out. You can have a race to see uh, who's going to get there first. It's not fair to leave in the middle of the sermon, but it's okay. But, um, yeah, pick them up, some scripture cards. There never was a person that you would meet and lock eyes with any day that doesn't matter exceedingly to God. You see, Jesus was in the company of unlikely and unlikable people. Plus, Jesus knew how to bring out the best in people. Jesus brings out the best in you and me. He saw bewildered people needing a leader. He saw so many in this world like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw so many, dazed and confused, lost and bewildered. Jesus said to Matthew, come follow me. What an unlikely disciple, Matt. A tax collector turned evangelist. A tax collector turned gospel writer. Wow, God in Christ knew how to bring out the best in people. He saw lonely people needing a friend. He saw so many then and now socially ostracized and antagonized. Tax collectors had chosen their life of social isolation and alienation. They wanted the money. One thing you've got to notice in this passage is that Matthew threw a party for all of his tax collector friends so they could come and meet Jesus. There's a picture of friendship evangelism. There's a picture of someone whose life was touched and changed by the power of God, the grace of God, amazing grace, reaching down for the lost and bringing people To meet Jesus. Throw a Matthew party for friends who don't know Christ. Jesus saw sick people needing a healer. It's not just the healthy, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, Jesus taught. Jesus saw sinful people in need of a Savior. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, he taught. When you look at people today, do you see problems or possibilities? Like Jesus saw Simon, called him Peter, the rock. Like Jesus saw Saul and called him Paul, the apostle. This morning, do you see people, when you see people, do you see failures or do you see potential successes? When you see people, do you see losers? Or do you see future winners? We need to learn to see all people through the eyes of Christ. Discover how to bring out the best in them. Our practical application and action steps for this morning involve Daring to care. Let's dare to care this week, this month. Let us practice random acts of Christian kindness. This past week, somebody anonymously gave my wife, and it wasn't me. Last val- Valentine's Day, yeah, I got her flowers. But even better than that, somebody bought Bev flowers. I said, where did these come from? Melissa said, somebody in our church are giving him." To your wife, Alan, I said, whoa, she was blessed like crazy. Thank you, whoever did that. Jesus was kind to many people, and he came to serve, not to be served. And of course, the kindest act of all was giving his life as a ransom for you and me. As we learn to dare to care, we learn to act in service for someone who needs Jesus begin today to think and pray for some something you can do for people who are apart from Christ for people who are outside of the family yes it's a blessing to bless people within the family of God but think about those in your neighborhood those in your work who don't know Jesus and show them love and encouragement. Perhaps it's helping a neighbor shovel snow. I'm blessed whenever I hear that somebody in our congregation is taking a a snow blower and clearing off sidewalks all around the block. What a great thing. The ministry of snow blowing. Or helping a family move into the neighborhood We're providing food for the poor and needy. Actually, we have somebody who needs a ride to the doctor tomorrow morning, Bill Laughlin. Check it out. If you are available, give him a ride to the doctor. It might be as simple as offering an ice cream cone. Perhaps you've heard this story. A mother tells the story of taking her children to a restaurant. Perhaps a friendly's restaurant or some such. And her six-year-old son said grace. And it kind of reminds me of my grandson Casey. I tell you about him all the time. But this six-year-old son said grace and closed the prayer by asking for ice cream for dessert of Jesus. Many who heard him pray laughed. But a nearby woman scolded him for his irreverence. Crushed, the boy tearfully asked his mother if God was mad at him. The mother assured him God was not mad. And so did an elderly gentleman who came over to encourage the boy, saying, I happen to know that God thought it was a great prayer. Really? The boy asked cross my heart a man whispered in the boys' ear too bad she never asked god for ice cream a little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes the mother did buy ice cream for her children at the end of the meal her son however just stared at it after a few minutes he picked up his sunday and without a word walked over to the cranky woman and placed it in front of her. With a big smile, he said, Here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. And my soul is already good. (laughs) Bless others the way Jesus did. See others the way he sees them. Celebrate people. Stop being critical and judgmental with your evaluations and start, looking for the good and positive to dwell on. Stop tearing others down and start building others up constantly. Look for something affirming in someone. I would recommend that you conscientiously, deliberately, and intentionally this week, every day this week, look for some way to affirm and encourage someone. Thank them. Sincerely, Compliment them, inspire them, commenting on an area of potential that you see. Celebrate who God has made them to be and who they can become by God's grace. And the result of this kind of attitude would be gradually changing the way you look at people. And it actually encourages and helps bring out the best in people like Jesus. Celebrate people. Celebrate Jesus. We become more like Christ as we do this. We participate in drawing people to him and attracting others to Christ. And we bring him glory and honor with all of our lives. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for your great grace in which you love us and you sent your Son to die for us. No matter what we deserve or don't deserve, especially, you love us. Gave us the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation in your Son. I pray, Lord, that you would make us to be your witnesses, your lighthouse, your lights in this shadowy and dark world. Help us to love all people and also to know that you love us with an unconditional and uncompromised love, now and forever. Amen.